not yet. Thank you, Sheila. That was beautiful. Um, Sheila Weidendorf, excuse me, um, on the piano. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Trinity. It's uh, Rally Day Sunday. We're going to be up at the ranch. Ron is holding up the Rally Day spirit by bringing his cowboy hat today. None of the rest of us did, but we welcome you here today on this uh, 15th Sunday after Pentecost. So glad you're here. Uh, the invitation, it's an expansive invitation by God to be um, part of this community here. And uh, we invite you to sing along with this invitation. Um, there'll be a refrain up there and uh, I'll sing the verses and you join in on that refrain. Come and sing rejoicing and enter the house of our God, the source of our days. Come and hear the stories of what God has done and walk forth in God's loving ways. Singing praise to the Maker, singing praise to the One, joining hands and hearts and stories till we see the one standing up to claim the promise, knowing we can all be free, bringing all God's faiths and families to the tent of liberty. We are all a part of the family of God, every Hindu, Muslim, and Sikh. All the Jews and Christians and Buddhists and those of little or no strong belief. Singing praise to the Maker, singing praise to the One. Joining hands and hearts and stories till we see the people one. Standing up to claim the promise, knowing we families to the tent of liberty. Welcome all you seekers and those of orthodox faith. Come all who seek community and find a God of grace. Singing praise to the Maker. Singing praise and stories till we see the people one standing up to claim the promise knowing we can all be free bringing all God's faiths and families to the tent of liberty until all morning. Thank you to our musicians for calling us to worship uh, so beautifully today. Lots of beautiful music in the service today. You know, there are a lot of things we can do alone, 
but we can't rally alone, right? A rally needs people. So thank you, we're rallying today, rally day, lots of different aspects of that, which we'll be talking about through the morning. Uh, but we are rallying into the fall, and God has given us just a, a, a beautiful Chamber of Commerce Day today uh, to worship God uh, together. So we also say hello to uh, all those online, uh, Julie and Steve, Annie and Dave, and Pearl Plowman in Montana, and so many others who are joining us online today. Uh, the order of service is printed for you on your bulletin. Uh, everything will be projected for you. So if you're comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn is Gather Us In. Continue with the responsive reading, the litany for this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We come to God's house. We come somewhat whole. We come believing and doubting. At the same time. Everyone, really? Aliens and strangers? Either all are welcome. No room for boasting. This is the day that the Lord has made. 
Let us rejoice and be glad in Him. God's grace for all. That is our hymn of praise. Gracious Lord God, you have welcomed us to this place of grace. We, we thank you. 
May we in turn welcome and embrace each child and adult who answers your call to worship and serve here. May our hearts and minds rally together that we may leave the island and the world better than we found it. Send now your Holy Spirit that we may be renewed and inspired. We pray in the name of Jesus, our rabbi, our role model, and the Savior of the world. Amen. Please be seated. The first lesson is from the third chapter of Colossians. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The word of the Lord. Our prelude piece and uh, our call to worship invited us to take a look beyond what we currently know to be reality and see something different. Imagine there's no If you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the It isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die for And no religion to Imagine all of the I'm not the only one 
hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one imagine no possessions I wonder if you No need for greed or hunger A brotherhood of man Imagine all the people Sharing all the world You, you may say I'm a dreamer But I'm not the only one I hope someday you'll join us And the world will live as Thank you, Carl. Beautiful. That song got me in trouble once. <laughs> Played that song, uh, had Carl sing that song one time. And after the service, one of our members came up to me in the narthex. He said, who, who asked to have that song sung in church? And I said, that would be me. And he said, to see you is to see the face of Judas. And he walked out. And 20 years later, he came back to see me in my office and said, I'm really sorry for that. <laughs> Didn't see him in the 20 years in between. <laughs> but it was just interesting that he carried that for 20 years, and I hardly remembered it, you know. Uh, but that beautiful song, thank you, Carl. Rally day? Rally, 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 are you ready? Going to the MBRC Ranch today, I hope. We're going to be talking about um, Christianity 101. School's about to start, excitement for children, relief for parents. Teachers are in their classrooms, college students are settling into their dorms, and down the hall the preschoolers are back, and the Sunday school will start today. School. How many of you in high school or college have taken courses that were known as 101 courses. How many of you? Well, pretty much all of you, of course. A 101 class, meaning the basics, an introduction. It's a foretaste of what is to come in the 200, 300, and 400 level classes. Now, 101 classes are often taught by less accomplished professors or even TAs. The classes are usually quite large as students kind of check the box by taking a required course in something that may or may not be of interest to them, a course that's often unrelated to their major. The 101 classes ensure that graduates will be well-rounded, able to converse at least at a basic level on a wide variety of subject matters. Now, I majored in 100-level courses. 
I'm telling you, those upper-level courses, they were hard. A lot more work than I wanted to do. I took a class in planetary space sciences, and it opened my mind to the universe. I loved my Geology 101 course. From continental drift to volcanism, I found it to be fascinating and very humbling. And I took an entry-level accounting class, and I knew for sure I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so I told the TA who was teaching this class, I said, you know, your, your teaching style is a little abrupt. You're assuming that I'm understanding what you're saying. And he responded to me by saying, okay, try this. I don't take criticism from sophomores. We have a complaint department. You'll need to go see Helen Rott. So if you don't like my teaching, I suggest you go to Helen Rott. I dropped the course. And a CPA does my taxes. I took an entry-level art history class and loved it so much that I took it again. That's right, flunking it the first time taught me how to pass it the second time. True story. 100 level courses are critical, a critical part of one's education. None of us have time or interest to become experts in all subject matters, but any educated adult should have some basic knowledge of history, mathematics, philosophy, and science. An educated adult should know how to write a paper, or at least a sentence. Hopefully then at some point before the student's parents run out of money, their aptitude and their appetite align, and they can pursue a major that will include those three and four hundred level courses. And then ultimately you become an expert in a particular field, and then people will pay you for your help or opinion. Now I find it fascinating to converse with people who really know their stuff in some subject matter. But at this point, I should note that it's not unusual to encounter people whose, whose egos like outpace their actual knowledge. Now, the takeaway from that is to be careful. Be careful what voices you listen to. Because many so-called experts, or even actual experts, are really not interested in your well-being. 100-level courses are important. They open the door to more advanced classes. The advanced classes produce doctors and lawyers and scientists. The more complicated a subject matter, the more education is needed. However, when this type of thinking is applied to religion, it quickly becomes a kettle of fish, a can of worms, an exercise in the ego, a means by which to control people. When Christianity is made complicated, too complicated for 100-level students like me, then it's strayed from its intended purpose. And what is that intended purpose? According to Jesus, that intended purpose was simply to light a pathway for us to abundant life, to a healthy life, to a life marked by peace. Now, case in point would be the Ten Commandments. Pretty simple, right? Ten rules for living, the bare minimums for living in relationship, three commandments deal with our relationship with God, and seven inform and guide us as we seek to have relationships with our family members and our neighbors. Ten 
easy to memorize. You could all do it. And not only that, you could carry them in your pocket. You could store them on your phone. This was religion 101. But by the time Jesus came along, after the religious folks got their hands on the 10, the 100-level course had become a 400-level course with 612 commandments. Now, the average student could no longer keep up with 612 commandments. I can't remember four things when I go to the grocery store. How am I going to remember 612 commandments? Now, it should be noted that many of these commandments, too, did not really benefit God's stated purpose. You see, abundant life and freedom can be hard to come by with 612 religious laws to keep, when breaking any one of those 612 would threaten your position in the community. Now, the problem with theologians, pastors, Bible study leaders, and good church people who consider themselves to be experts in religion is that 99.9% of God is a mystery, hidden. How can one be an expert in any topic when 99.9% is unknown? Pride or arrogance, you may remember, is one of the seven deadly sins, along with Doc and Sleepy and Dopey. (laughs) What we need in Christianity is less arrogance and more humility. And to that end, we're going back to school on this rally day. On this day, I'd like to focus on Christianity, as in Christianity 101. All you need to know to live the life that God desires for you. This will be so simple that you can memorize it. You can put it on your refrigerator. You can write it on your heart. All you need for this class is two verses, that's all, and one prop. Stay with me. The first verse is actually the precursor of the Ten Commandments. It's often lost or forgotten as we focus on the law that follows. But this verse is pure gospel, and it is irresistible. It is an irrefutable fact. Are you ready to memorize it? Here it is. I am the Lord your God. Go ahead and say it. I am the Lord your God. You can memorize it. Now, we can deny that, folks. We can spend our lives running away from God, but this is the truth, and it matters not if you believe it. It is the truth even if you never say a prayer, even if you never sing a hymn, even if you never come to church. It's still true that God is your God. I am the Lord your God. Got it? God is God. That means you are not We come from God, and we return to God. And i got to tell you, folks, that there are a lot of atheists out there who are going to have a pleasant surprise at death when they are reunited with the one who gave them life. You see, even if we don't believe in God, God still believes in us. I am the Lord your God. This is non-negotiable. We have no vote. We have no control. God is not our God only if we ask Jesus into our hearts. God is God. This is a promise. This is a fact. This is reality. But is this good news? I mean, what kind of a God is this? Is God waiting for us to fall or to sin or to fail in order to smack us down, to punish us and condemn us to hell? What kind of a God do we have? The Bible's very clear. God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And the Bible says that nothing, nothing, nothing 
can separate us from the love of God. The first verse to memorize, I think you have it, I am the Lord your God. Yours. Believe it or not. The second verse comes from Jesus. Jesus, tired of religious people and their complicated 400-level courses. Jesus, who spent most of his time with poor, oppressed, illiterate people. Jesus, who told parables about prodigal sons and farmers. Jesus was asked about the law. Which of the Ten Commandments was the most important? Which of the 612 religious laws should have priority in our lives? They asked Jesus this. Jesus took the 10 and the 612, and he condensed them into three simple phrases, one verse. There it is. Say it with me. Love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. See, you got that, right? Jesus said, that's it. All the laws, all the words of the prophets can be condensed into this single saying. Just that simple. Christianity, 101, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Now all three, there's only three, but all of them are critical. Loving God will make us more comfortable in our own skin. Loving God will give us peace in life. And loving God will give us peace in death. We need not fear the one we love, and the one who loves us. Loving God will allow us also to love our neighbor. Loving our neighbors offer us a more peaceful existence and the hope of a more civil society. And last but not least, we must love the one who looks back at us in the mirror. We cannot love God and we cannot love our neighbor until we've made peace with ourselves. We must learn to love ourselves or we're not going to be any good to anybody. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. It's simple, it's understandable, is it not? But it's not easy, is it? Yeah, I know your neighbor planted trees that block your view. I know they let their dog bark all night long. I know that some in your homeowners association are difficult. I understand that your boss is a jerk. I get it. Some people are not very lovable, are they? But God does not expect the impossible from us. As I remind you before, God never commanded us to like them. We just have to love them. And that love is not easy. That love is work. That love is a verb. It's a way of living. To love as Jesus loved has very little to do with feelings or personalities. No, love is patient, love is kind, love is not boastful or arrogant or rude. This love is about forgiveness, about giving people the benefit of the doubt, about explaining their actions in the kindest possible way. It's about being ready, being ready to help them, to feed them, to dry their tears and hear their stories. And this love is about discipline. It is a choice. This is about trusting God's wisdom, trusting that somehow in God's grand equation that loving others will increase the odds of, of us experiencing the abundant life that God desires for us. I am the Lord your God. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. There it is. This is Christianity 101. 
That is the Christianity that Jesus taught and modeled for us. And nothing here, you'll note there's nothing here about dress codes. There's nothing here about divorce or card playing. There's nothing here about dancing or drinking. There's nothing here about protecting Jesus or keeping the church free from riffraff. There's nothing here about conformity of thought, mystifying creeds, secret handshakes, or ancient rituals. There's nothing here about the virgin birth or original sin or human sexuality in all of its expressions and complexities. Christianity 101 is enough. We need to stay in our lane. We are not called to be judge or jury. No one is asking us to approve or even understand the life choices of others. Jesus does not care who we love. Jesus cares that we love. Religious people, that's us, need to stay in their lane. We're not called to be a jailkeeper or the head of security. Jesus does not ask us to do background checks on potential members or to guard the communion table from known sinners. We do not make a guest list. We're simply servants working for the master of new beginnings. We are mere creatures. We are not the savior of the world. Some of you are on Facebook, I'm guessing. I was reading a Facebook post this past week by a man that I've known for some time. And we had just, a day or two before that, had a 45-minute conversation on the phone. And I read his post about Jimmy Buffett. And I think they're going to project it for you. I think. I'm going to read it for you. This was a post on Facebook. As I was speaking with my wife yesterday and singing his songs and all the wonderful memories over the years, we both pondered and asked ourselves, he left an amazing legacy and was iconic, loved by millions, and will never be forgotten in this lifetime. But then it hit us, and we asked, but did he know Jesus? I can't speak for him, as I didn't know him personally, but I was thinking about what happens after this life. Will he be in heaven with us? Did he ever accept Christ into his heart? This, of course, will ruffle some people's feathers, and that's okay, but I just got to thinking after hearing all the stories of his ups and downs that were being shared by radio personalities as he is iconic and without and, and legendary and I love his music will I get to see him again in heaven our time here is limited each of our days are numbered and only the Lord knows when our time is up on earth see you know I read this and I it really made me sad. Now, I was not sad for Jimmy Buffett, but I'm very sad for Christians who feel like they can't trust God. I'm very sad for self-righteous Christians who want mercy for themselves and secretly desire justice for everyone else. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now burn those sinners, the ones I don't like or love. It really made me sad. The post made me sad. Sad for Christians who carry the heavy burden of judgment with them. This is unnecessary. It's a millstone that we tie around our necks. This is just the opposite of abundant life that God desires for us. We do not control God. What an arrogant thought. 
that our salvation is dependent upon us figuring out the mysteries this, of this life and our God. How arrogant of us to think that we control Jesus, the master of the universe. I am the Lord your God, and I will have you for my own. That is reality, and I believe that Jimmy Buffett is having a cheeseburger in paradise today. We need to stay in our lane. Can we stay in our lane? Can we focus on the simple teachings of Jesus? Two simple verses, I said, and a prop. A prop? You've got to have a prop. Well, here's my prop. Know what it is? It's a mirror. You look in it, and you say, I'm aging. <laughs> that's what you say, aging. You see a face that's weathered by time and trial. Stay in your lane. Look at the man in the mirror. Look at the woman in the mirror. That's the one. That's the one you're responsible for. The actions and the lifestyle choices of the one who looks back at you in the mirror, that's the one you should pay attention to. Jesus calls that one in the mirror to love God, to love your neighbor, and to learn to love yourself. And that's it. Christianity 101. Don't make it any more complicated than it is. It's the gospel of the Lord. I'm going to sing the first verse, first refrain, actually, and then you're going to join in with me on all of the rest of the refrains. How you may that? remain seated. Join in when you're ready. bang a drum 
It's time to rise, the time has come to stand for love and to stand for peace, to stand for joy and If you're thinking it's not urgent That we've got more time to kill If I'm not the one who changed things Then for heaven's sake, who One step at a time I won't be swayed I will not stop Until we've made it to the top Where we will stand For love and peace We'll stand for joy and for release For what is stand for hope, we'll stand for you, for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you. seated and uh, we'll lift our hearts to God in prayer. Uh, Judy's going to lead us. Each petition will end, O oh God, and our response will be uh, sung. sung. I didn't realize that. So, we have a response. And it goes like this. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to believing. Hear our prayer. God, you have said that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of them. Hear the prayers of your gathered people. Loving God, we know you stand for love. We know you stand for peace and joy and for release. May we seek always to be the embodiment of your grace as we too stand for love. When we have been wronged or have wronged another, let us work for repair and be open to the power and possibility of forgiveness, even when it seems impossible. In your love, hear us, O oh God. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to believe. 
loving God, you have asked us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Let us love ourselves enough to search out our neighbors with a, sacrifice, a sacrificial love that goes beyond words, but reaches into their situation and brings tangible life changes that provide hope, relief, and joy. In your love, hear us, O oh God. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to Loving God, there are those among us who are grieving, grieving the loss of a partner, grieving inadequate employment, grieving a history of discrimination because of race, gender expansiveness, national origin or status, and so much more. Let them know your never-ending love and feel the impact of that love from us as we reach out to all people through your grace. In your love, hear us, O oh God. Loving God, be with those who have lost loved ones because of the devastating earthquake in Morocco. Be with the hundreds who have been hurt. Help those in the high Atlas Mountains who have yet to get help because of the roads that are demolished. Be with those giving help to so many in need. Hear us, God. Loving God of our ancestors, we give thanks for the stories we have in scriptures, stories passed down to us through word and song, through geography and archaeology and myth and legend. We thank you for the stories shared with us by our elders. May we learn and grow we are made in your image, O oh God, an image that is ever-changing and renewing day by day. Let us rejoice as we rally this day and live into your ways. 
healing your creation and loving all in your love. Hear us, O oh God. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to as we offer these and the prayers of our heart, trusting in your compassion made known through Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to stand and share greeting and peace together. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Uh, after the uh, service is over, come on over in the gym uh, for coffee and cookies and there are fresh cinnamon rolls in there. I can see them from here. Uh, so come on over and have some uh, good nourishment. We're going to actually feed you all day long here. You can have uh, breakfast here. And then this afternoon out the MBRC Ranch, uh, 1230 out there, 1 o'clock lunch is being served from 1 to 2 o'clock. And you're bringing something. Bring a salad, bring a dessert, bring a side of some kind. And we have pulled pork and hot dogs and other things coming out there. It's going to be a really fun day with lots of uh, activities going on, uh, horse rides, face painting, games. So do come out uh, this afternoon if you'd like. And I think there are directions to Embar C Ranch uh, out there as well. Uh, the flowers, Bill and Louise Farnsworth. Appreciate the flowers that are up on the on the shelves. The flowers down here are from uh, Heather Kelly's funeral yesterday uh, when we remembered and celebrated her life. Uh, men's breakfast uh, this Saturday, next uh, Saturday coming up, 8 a.m. in the church. Uh, join the men if you'd like uh, for that breakfast and time of fellowship there uh, as well. Uh, next week we'll begin the fall schedule, and there's probably more announcements coming about that, but it doesn't affect you at 8 o'clock too much. Uh, there'll still be an 8 o'clock service, so don't worry uh, about that one. I'm not sure who's going next. Carl, why don't you go, and then we'll go to the... Okay. Might depend on what they flash up on the wall, but we'll see. Um, there are, just a quick reminder, choir rehearsal on Wednesday, but before that, look at that, Trinity, Trinity Bell Choir meets at 6.45 p.m. this Tuesday, and the vocal choir meets at 6.30 on Wednesday. So come join us. Talk to either Sheila or me. And we're glad to talk to you. Please, so that he doesn't have any smart remarks. So, all right. So, uh, third Thursday luncheon uh, is the 21st. Oh, do you like my new hat? You know, you guys made fun of my other one, or my husband did. So Judy brought me a hat that's. Well, I'm hoping somebody's not missing it. So, because it's really pretty good. Um, uh, third Thursday. Remember, it's tailgate. You know, like this. Um, so, uh, third Thursday, there's a sign-up out there. If you could please sign up, that'd be great. I know that typically a lot of you don't sign up, but we'll be here anyways. All right? So, that's that one. One more. There you go. Hold down. Hold down. Yeehaw. Um, you know, the only thing that he forgot to say is... Make sure you have your dancing shoes because we, we do have a little bit of line dancing and stuff to do. So um, it'll be a great time. 
and, and I, we promise it'll be really easy to do because we have a youth as the um, the teacher choreographer. So, oh, and by the way, the um, one more. Sorry. Okay, good. Um, volunteer signups. I had one person that won the lottery this week. Rich, Rich won the lottery this week because I needed an usher. So uh, I don't know how many more people want to be in that uh, lottery. Uh, I might take a look out there and see what you can help with. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Lana. Yeah. See you this afternoon. Okay. Deacon Amy. Good morning. All sorts of fantastic things going on for youth and adults as we gear up for the new season. Uh, we'll start with adult faith formation opportunities starting next Sunday. Our Sunday forum will be held uh, down the hallway at 930 during the 930 service. Um, we've got a fantastic crew leading that up with all kinds of wonderful uh, speakers and engaging conversations. Next Sunday, uh, they're going to give kind of a preview for the year. They would love to hear your feedback, what you're excited to learn about. And they're also speaking about devotionals. So bring your favorite devotional to share with the group next Sunday at 930. Tomorrow starts our Hearts Together Ladies Support and Bible Study. So that's a study that I lead down the hall again in the fireside room at 10 o'clock on Mondays. And this season we'll be speaking about the women of the Bible and what they have to say and what we can uh, carry forward with us from that. And then on Wednesdays, Arnie Bergstrom is once again leading our Wednesday Bible study. That starts this week also at 10 o'clock. Uh, they're continuing the study of the book of John. And both Hearts Together and the Wednesday Bible study are available on Zoom as well. So if you would like to be included in that email list, come and talk to me and we'll make sure that you get those. And then for our youth events, Sunday school starts today. We're having a Sunday school celebration down the hall during the 10 o'clock service. And then next Sunday starts our regular Sunday school classes at 9.30. So this is for all of our pre-K through fifth grade kids. We have lots of great activities going on, some wonderful teachers who are excited to be here this year. And then our middle school youth group and confirmation, we're combining this year um, on Sundays from 12 to 2, and that's for all of our 6th to 8th grade kids starting on the 24th. And our high school students starting this Wednesday, we're meeting Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. So a lot of great things going on, lots of activities and opportunities to plug in. There are some handouts on the table in the narthex with all of this information on it as well. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Amy. And as always, we have uh, card ministry uh, forms out there on the table. It means a lot to people. Um, we'll go back live. Uh, lots of other announcements printed in your bulletin. Take note of those. And uh, if it's comfortable now, as we transition to the end of the service, I would invite you to stand. We pray together now and sing together now the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
from the service, go out those doors to love God, to love your neighbor, to love yourself. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our sending hymn, let love go forward. Love is a candle that lights up the night. Love is a star that we follow to daylight. Love is a lighthouse that leads us safely home. The surest light we'll ever know. This place and